Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. The vault is open. I'm Pete McCarthy. In 1962, the Yankees were at the tail end of their four-decade stint as the best team in ball. The Mickey Mantle-led bunch won their 12th pennant in 14 seasons without much of a sweat, leading the American League from mid-July to the end. Their opponent was a familiar one, their former landlords at the polo grounds 40 years earlier. Of course, the Giants were past their polo ground days at this point, out of New York altogether, and across the country at still new Candlestick Park in San Francisco. The Giants' road to the postseason was hardly as smooth as the Yanks. With seven games to play, the Giants trailed the rival Dodgers by four games. With one game left, the Giants were down just one. That day, Willie Mays hit an eighth-inning home run to break a 1-1 tie and a 2-1 victory, and then the Dodgers fell 1-0 to the Cardinals thanks to an eighth-inning home run by Gene Oliver off Johnny Padres. So, just like at 51, the Giants and Dodgers would take part in a three-game playoff for the right to face the Yankees in the World Series. The Giants beat up Sandy Koufax in Game 1, then the Dodgers came back to walk off in a wild 8-7 Game 2 victory. So just like 51, it was down to a decisive Game 3. Going into the ninth, the Dodgers held a 4-2 lead. That's when the wheels fell off for L.A. The Giants plated four runs in the ninth, just like in 51, behind two hits, four walks, a sack fly, an error, and a wild pitch. Not the greatest inning in Dodgers history. Thanks to a pair of mini miracles, the Giants were in the World Series. The 62 championship has been called the longest World Series ever played. Rainouts caused the seven-game series to take 13 days to play. For the first six games, the teams alternated victories, leading to a seventh game on the soggy turf of Candlestick Park, which had been inundated by rain, causing a game six to be pushed back three times. Despite the rainouts, the Giants pitching phenom Juan Marichal was unavailable to pitch the seventh game. He mashed his hand while trying to bunt in game four and was done for the series. Instead, Jack Sanford earned the start coming off a 24-win regular season. He was up against Ralph Terry, the infamous GOAT of the 1960 World Series, who gave up the lone Game 7 walk-off home run in World Series history to Bill Mazeroski. Terry would have the rarest of chances for redemption on the game's greatest stage. So here we go, Game 7 of the 62 World Series, Mantle and Maris for the Yanks, Mays and McCovey for the Giants. Here's Joe Garagiola Jr. and George Kell setting the stage for NBC Radio. This is Joe Garagiola along with George Kell welcoming you to the seventh game of the 1962 World Series. This is it. Forget the rest of the season. 
Forget the playoffs, the averages, what you did in this ballpark, that ballpark. It's all wrapped up today. And it'll be Ralph Terry for the Yankees and Jack Sanford for the San Francisco Giants. Sky is high here. There's not a cloud in the sky. And it's blowing from left field to right field. And they will be shading towards the right field line. Now, this broadcast is authorized under broadcasting rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. And any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the Commissioner is prohibited. The grass has been cut in the outfield. Yesterday, it was not cut in the outfield. It was still a bit damp. The ground crew couldn't get out there, but they were able to work on it. And this ground crew, you certainly have to tip your hats to them. They have really been putting in the extra hours, extra work, and extra detail to get this field in the great shape that it is. The outfield grass is cut, and that was another thing that the outfielders were concerned about. Just how would that ball react? once it's scooted off that grass. It's a little bit faster than it was yesterday, but not that much is the way the ball players were saying it. The thing that is bothering the outfielders more than anything is the wind. The lineups for this big seventh game of the World Series. For the Yankees, it's the same lineup that Ralph Hawk has been using throughout the series. Kubek leads off at shortstop. Batting second, it's the second baseman, Bobby Richardson. Batting third, it's the left fielder, Tom Tresh. Tresh in left field. Batting fourth, it's the center fielder, Mickey Mantle. Mantle in center field. Batting fifth, the right fielder, Roger Maris. Maris in right field. Batting sixth, the catcher, Elston Howard. Howard, the catcher. Batting seventh, it's Moose Scarron, the first baseman, Scarron at first base. Batting eighth, it's the third baseman, Cletus Boyer, Boyer at third base. And batting ninth, it's the pitcher, Ralph Terry. For the San Francisco Giants, leading off, it's Philippe Alou, A-L-O-U, Philippe Alou in right field. Batting second, the second baseman, Chuck Hiller. Hiller, the second baseman. Batting third, the center fielder, Willie Mays. Mays in center field. Batting fourth, the left fielder, McCovey. Willie McCovey in left field. Batting fifth, the first baseman, Orlando Cepeda. Cepeda at first base. Batting sixth, it's the catcher, Haller. Tom Haller, the catcher. Batting seventh, the third baseman, Jim Davenport. Davenport at third base. Batting eighth, it's the shortstop, Jose Pagan. Pagan, the shortstop. And batting ninth, it's the pitcher, Jack Sanford. Sanford against Ralph Terry. Both ball clubs certainly keyed up for this ball game. That has to be the understatement of the year. How do you get up or get up any more for a ball game than these ball clubs have for this one? The Giants, they've been counted out 900 times during the regular season. They kept coming back, coming back. This whole series has been one of really alternating victories. That's the way it's been. Today, this is it. One whole year wrapped up in one ball game. And George Kell, I can't imagine that until you get that first ground ball or get hit by that first foul tip, it's going to be a little tough to get comfortable for a game like this because those butterflies certainly have to be flying around. There's no doubt about it, Joe. I was down on the field before the ball game, as you were, and the ball players seem to be a relaxed group of athletes, but they cannot be that relaxed here today in this all-important seventh ball game. As you said a moment ago, the entire season is wrapped up into one ball game here today. A lot of these fellows have been through it before, some of them going through it for the first time, but the tension has got to be the same for everybody. This is it, and they all feel it.
Pick up the game action in the second inning. Roger Maris the plate against Sanford, and perhaps an early sign that this wouldn't be a game remembered for the bats. Ready? The pitch. Here's a line drive to the third baseman. Maris hit that one like a bullet. A liner right straight to Davenport at third base. George, that'll not only make you talk to yourself, but uh, you'll enjoy the conversation with yourself because one guy over there, and he hit a shot, something that Maris has been trying to do most of the series, and hit the ball very hard. Normally, that would be a base hit, but Davenport playing wide of the bag, the only man over there in Lourdes, Lavovia, and he comes up with the play. Maris really mumbling as he went back to the bench, and you can hardly blame him. I know what he's thinking, Joe. Only one man in about 150 feet there, <laughs> and the ball hit like a bullet. He didn't have time to move, and it's right in his glove. As Garagiola mentioned, the wind was a big factor for the fielders, leading to some adventures for the Yankees' defense in the bottom of the fourth, started by Felipe Alou. Here's the 1-0 pitch. There's a high fly ball hit the shallow left. Trash is having trouble with this one. He's moving in now. Still racing in, and he makes the catch on the run. Tommy Trash lost the ball. He was still looking up into the sky. At the last moment, he came racing in. He caught it about knee high. During batting practice, all the outfielders, they couldn't wait to get out there and have the coaches hit him the high fly ball, but... Uh, Really, it doesn't help that much because the wind is constantly shifting. Right now, it's blowing directly in. All you can do is try to, well, what is it, Kentucky windage you used in the Army, George? You kind of play the wind? I don't know, but I don't want to play that left field today or shortstop or third base either on these pop flies. Chuck Hiller, the batter, bounced to the first baseman his first time at bat. Terry delivers. Here's a fly ball hit into shallow center. Mickey Mantle is racing in. He's still coming, and he's got it. And Mickey was having trouble on that one as he was racing in from center field. That's two down, and the batter will be Willie Mays. Willie's 0 for 1 in this game. He sent a fly ball to Trash in left field his first time. The Giants will hit a lot of balls in the air here today because... Terry is that type pitcher. He throws the fastball up high. They hit it up in the air, and he throws the slow curveball. They have a tendency to get under it and loft it into the air. Here's the one-strike pitch. High fly ball hit into right center field. Mickey Mantle moving over. This ball is carrying in. Now Mickey's having trouble. He makes a one-handed catch at the last moment. Mantle seemed to lose the ball. Maris came racing over to catch it, and Mickey made a one-handed catch. No runs, no hits, no arrows, no one left. And the score at the end of four, the Yankees nothing, the Giants nothing. Despite some nervous moments, Terry had retired all 12 Giants he faced. In the top of the fifth, the Yanks looked to put together a rally started by Bill Scourin. Two and two to Scourin, leadoff man for the Yankees in the fifth inning. Here's the pitch. He swings and hits a ground ball to left field, just out of the reach of Pagan. Bill Scourin with a solid single. That's hit number two for the Yankees. A runner at first base with no one out, and the batter will be Cleet Boyer. Boyer choking the bat as he waits on Sanford. Here's the one-two pitch. He swings and hits a liner in the left center. This may be up the middle. It is. Scouring on his way to third. Boyer's going to hold on with a single as Willie Mays grabbed that ball and fired it into second base. On a dry field, that ball would have rolled all the way to the fence. It hit in the wet turf and stopped. Willie Mays picked it up rifled it into second base and Boyer holds on with a long single.
Jack Sanford now talking uh, now with his catcher, hands on his hips. He's a bit disgusted because that was a big high-hanging curveball, and Boyer really jumped on it. It was a room service pitch, and he just drilled it. I thought it was going to get by as it plugged the gap, but, of course, Willie Mays in center field, one of the great ones, keeps the double play in order by holding Boyer at first base with a real long single, and that turf certainly did stop that ball. Well, the Yankees have runners at first and third. No one out, and the batter will be Ralph Terry. Sanford seems to be laboring a little right now. He was just aiming that pitch, Joe. That's exactly what he was doing. He was aiming it. Uh, his pattern has been to be uh, wild high, and uh, Haller, I'm sure, when a, when a fellow has a pattern one way like wild high, it's because he's standing straight up to throw it, and vice versa if he's bouncing the ball, it's because he's bending too far and holding on too long. But uh, on this particular wild sequence of Terry, he's just been aiming the ball, trying to throw strikes, and hasn't been able to do it. Here's a 3-0 and pitch. Ball, it's down low. Terry draws a walk. That'll load the bases with no one out. And here's manager Al Dark on the run out to the mound. The Yankees threatening. The bases loaded. No one out. Sanford ready. Here's the 2-1 pitch. A ground ball hit to the shortstop. They're going for two to second. One out. Back to first. The double play. Kubek hit the ball to Pagan, who flipped it over to Hiller, and back to Cepeda in time for the double play as Bill Scourin comes in to score, and the Yankees go out in front one to nothing. Sanford then got Billy Richardson to fly out, limiting the damage, but still the Yanks with the first run of Game 7. Meanwhile, Terry was perfect through five, then retired the first two batters he faced in the sixth. Up stepped Giants pitcher Sanford after a colorful word on Candlestick. Uh, been many descriptions for this ballpark. Lou Burdett of the Braves had a good one. He says that this is the only ballpark where you can sit in a dugout and read the morning paper as it blows by. Well, there's two down, and the batter will be Jack Sanford, the pitcher. Jack flied to Mantle his first time at bat. He swings and lands it in the right center field. Mantle chasing it. He can't get it. Sanford's going to hold on with a single. the first pitch and he landed in the center field a solid hit and that's the first giant base runner in this ball game Ralph Terry had retired 17 men in a row until the pitcher Jack Sanford broke the spell with a line single in the center field and on a dry day that ball might have skipped by Mantle all the way the Giants rally would soon stall however when Philippe Alou grounded out to end of the frame the seventh inning we go. Here's Willie Mays with nobody on and one out. Willie's over two. He's flied to left and flied to center in two traps. The Yankees deep and around to the left for Willie Mays. Terry delivers a curveball. He lines it down the left field line. Fresh racing into the corner. He... He's got it, a one-handed catch by Trash. He caught the ball, then went out of our sight, back into the corner, but he hung on to it in the webbing of his glove. Willie Mays making a bid for an extra base hit into the corner in left field is robbed on a fine play by Tommy Trash. Boy, it's amazing how this kid Tom Trash has made the move from the infield to the outfield, and he has not missed a step. He has taken it in stride. This was just one of the plays of this series right there. That catch was actually mentioned in Trash's New York Times obituary. 
and he had made quite the adjustment, playing the infield throughout his minor league career and shortstop for most of his rookie season until Tony Kubek returned to the Yankee lineup in August. Tresh then slid to the outfield for the rest of the year and most of his career. And it's a good thing he made that catch, what with Willie McCovey up next. Here's the 1-1 pitch. He swings and hits a drive into deep center. Mantle is chasing it in deep center. He can't get it all the way to the fence. Here's McCovey going into second. He's going to try for three. No, is not in time. McCovey has just slammed one 410 feet away over Mickey Mantle's head into deep center field, and he has raced into third base with a stand-up triple. In fact, he made a big turn at third base as if he might come on in, but he was very wisely held up by Whitey Lockman. So the Giants have the tying run at third base with two outs, and the batter will be Orlando Cepeda. A runner at third with two outs. Terry ready. Here's the pitch. Cepeda takes a fastball up high. One ball and no strikes. Orlando struck out in the second. Popped to Bobby Richardson in the fifth inning. Terry taking a little time. Looks in to get the sign. Here's the one and no pitch. He swings and hits a high foul. that will be out of play down the right field line. One ball, one strike. The Yankees won, the Giants nothing. We're in the seventh inning. Willie McCovey is at third base with two outs. It's only the second hit given up by Ralph Terry. Jack Sanford, the pitcher, got the other one. Well, this crowd has come alive, as you can hear. They are roaring, wanting Cepeda to come through. Here's the 1-1 pitch. A swing and a miss on a bad curveball. He foul tipped it, says Stan Landis, right into the mitt. Terry delivering a low outside curve. Got Cepeda to bite. One ball, two strikes. Yankees straight away. Everybody back on the infield. Here's the one-two pitch. Foul ball. This will be out of play. Terry trying to get the fastball by him. Evidently figuring that Cepeda would be looking for a curve, but Orlando had a riffle at it. Still one ball, two strikes. Once again, Howard going out to the mound for a conference with Terry. Ellie's going to take a little time right now as he stands on the mound talking to Ralph Terry. Action in the Yankee bullpen. Bill Stafford, a right-hander, and Bud Daly, a left-hander, are throwing. Well, this is it. There's no saving anybody for tomorrow or next week. This is the seventh ball game of the 62 World Series. Terry gets ready. Here's the 1-2 pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Cepeda going for a high fastball strikes out. No runs on one hit. There were no errors. One man left. And the score at the end of seven, the Yankees won. The Giants nothing. So a missed opportunity for the Giants. The Yankees had something brewing the following frame. Richardson reached on an error and Trash singled, putting two on and nobody out for the Mick. So it's three and two to Mantle. 
Will the runners be moving on this 3-2 pitch? We'll wait and see. It paid off for Ralph Houck when he had Richardson running on a 3-2 pitch to Trash. Oh, we'll check him again. Sanford checking the sign. Shaking his head yes to Tom Haller. Here's the 3-2 pitch. Here's a liner to right field. It's in there. Bobby Richardson coming to third, but he's going to be held up. Mickey Mantle lined the ball just out of the reach of the second baseman, Hiller. Now, Bobby Richardson had started back to second. He thought Hiller might catch the ball. So he was held up at third. So the bases are loaded with no one out. And here's Al Dark coming out. We might get a pitching change here. I believe we are. He is giving the call to the bullpen, and it's going to be Billy O'Dell. applause here at Candlestick Park in San Francisco and Jack Sanford leaves the mound and he has been a tremendous pitcher for the San Francisco Giants this year not only here in the World Series but throughout the season and they're giving him a standing applause as he leaves the mound well, Al Dart doesn't want to give up another run he is playing his infield in close with the bases loaded and no one out Maris is 0 for 3 in this game. Here's the first pitch. Strike. He got a fastball over. One strike to the rods. He lined to third, bounced to third, and bounced to the first baseman. Richardson, Trash, and Mantle are the Yankee base runners. Odell ready. Here's the pitch. A ground ball hit to the second baseman. Hiller's coming to the plate with it. He's out. Back to first. He's safe on a close play. Almost a double play. Maris hit the ball to Chuck Hiller, who fired it into Haller. He stepped on the plate and fired it right back to Cepeda at first. Maris beat the relay. So Raj is safe on the fielder's choice. The base is still loaded. One out. And Elston Howard will be the batter. Al Dark has raced out of the dugout. He has a right-hander throwing in the bullpen, but there'll be no pitching change. He's going along with Billy O'Dell, a left-hander, against the right-handed hitting Elston Howard. Ellie's 0 for 3 in this game. Bounced to third, popped to short, and struck out. O'Dell gets ready. Here's the pitch to Howard. Strike. Fastball over the outside corner. The Giants trying to get out of a jam here in the eighth inning. The Yankees have the bases loaded with one out. Odell into the windup. Here's the pitch. High foul ball. This will be out of play coming back into the lower deck. Strike two. Oh, Billy coming on with the bases loaded and no one out. Got Roger Maris to bounce to the second baseman. Force out at the plate. Now it's a strike two count to Elston Howard. Odell checking the sign. Here's the two strike pitch. There's a ground ball at third. Might be a double play. Steps on the bag to throw. He's out. Two men left 
Giants nothing. A masterful job by Odell, who also retired the Yankees in order in the top of the ninth to keep the score one nothing. With Terry still on the mound, the Giants had the top of the lineup coming up, needing one run to tie, and the way their year had gone, it seemed to be precisely where they wanted to be. Here's the bottom of the ninth in its entirety. Manny Alou, a left-handed batter, will be batting for Billy O'Dell, leading off for the Giants here in the bottom of the ninth inning. He'll be followed by his brother, Philippe Alou, and then the second baseman, Chuck Hiller. Terry completes his warm-up tosses. Howard goes down to second. And everybody moves forward on the edge of their seats for this bottom of the ninth inning with the Yankees leading one to nothing. Matty Alou, a little left-handed batter leading off. There's action in both bullpens. Billy Pierce throwing in the bullpen for the Giants. Bill Stafford and Bud Daly for the Yankees. Terry taking a little time just to be sure his defensive alignment is the way he wants him to play a loop. Here's the pitch to Matty. Ball, it's outside. One ball and no strikes. A one to nothing ball game right down to the wire here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Here's the one and no pitch. A high pop fly outside of first base. This may blow into the seats. Howard is chasing it near the dugout. He can't make a play. He went right into the giant dugout. Elston Howard, boy, was staying with it. He went right into the giant dugout all the way. But he couldn't quite make the play, so it's one ball and one strike to Alou. That ball at one time was near the foul line, but the strong breeze blowing kept carrying it away from Howard and just out of his reach. Boyer at third base is playing in on the grass. Everybody else back on the infield. There's the 1-1 pitch. Curve ball. It's too low. A ball two and a strike one count. Matty Alou in a pinch hitting role in game number four had a key double down the left field line. Boyer, of course, has to play him in close. He's one of the fastest base runners in this series. Here's the pitch. He bunts down the first baseline. Terry chasing it. He can't get it. Matty Alou dragging a bunt just past Ralph Terry. And he beats it out for an infield single. That's hit number three for the Giants. Puts a tying run at first base with no one out. And the batter will be Philippe Alou. The Yankees are looking for the bunt. Warrior moving in close at third base. Here's the pitch. He bunts. It's up in the air. Howard chasing it. He can't get it. One strike to Philippe. Giants, of course, trying to move this tying run down to second base. They have Hiller and Willie Mays coming up. It's a one to nothing ball game here in the ninth. The Yankees leading. Alou at first base. No one out. That's Matty Alou at first base. Philippe Alou, the batter, with a one strike count. 
There's a token toss over to first base. Terry just reminding Alou that he's keeping an eye on him. Ralph gets set. Here's the pitch. He swings and fouls it back. Alou had a riffle at a high fastball. He was trying to drill that one by Boyer at third base. Fouled it back on the screen. So Terry is out in front with a strike two count. And Elston Howard calls time, races out to the mound for a conversation with Terry. Bill Stafford, a right-hander, and Bud Daly, a left-hander, throwing in the bullpen. Howard coming back behind the plate. Terry gets set. Here's the pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Philippe Alou goes down swinging. That's one away, and the batter will be Chuck Hiller. Hiller is 0 for 3. He's bounced to first, fly to center, and he popped to the pitcher trying to beat out a bun in the seventh inning. Well, the Giants have one of their fastest base runners, if not their fastest, at first base. He's carrying the tying run. One out here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Boy, you can almost feel the tension all the way here to the radio booth. The pitch to Hiller. He swings and pops it up. It's going to be out of play. This one is drifting back into the crowd. One strike to Chuck. Ralph Terry all the way for the Yankees. Jack Sanford, the starting pitcher for the Giants today. Billy O'Dell relieved him in the eighth inning. It's a one-strike count to Chuck Heller. Matty Alou at first base, one out, bottom of the ninth inning. Matty taking a big lead at first. Terry checks him. Here's the pitch. He bunts down the third baseline. It's foul. Boy, there was a dandy. Heller pushed a bunt down the third baseline. It just rolled outside the line. Boyer had no chance to get him. Plate was playing in close, but this was a perfect bunt. So it's a strike two count to Hiller. Once again, Howard out to the mound for a conference with Terry. Everything riding here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Howard coming back behind the plate. Terry checks his runner at first. The pitch, foul ball back in the crowd. Ralph trying to get the fastball by him around the letters. Hiller fouled it back. Well, Billy Pierce is throwing in the bullpen for the Giants. If they tie it up or go ahead, more than likely he'll be the pitcher. Terry gets set. Here's the pitch. There's another foul ball coming back to the crowd. A strike two count to Chuck Hiller. The amazing thing about these pitches to Hiller with two strikes on him, Terry has come right in there with good fastballs. He is not trying to make Hiller go for a bad pitch. He tried to overpower him with two good fastballs, figuring that Chuck had to be expecting most anything in this spot. Ralph taking the look in. Checks the runner at first base. Here's the pitch. Foul ball. This one off to the left, rolling to the Yankee dugout. 
You know, the most helpless people in the ballpark in a situation like this are the ball players sitting in the dugout. There is nothing they can do, nothing at all, but just wait and hope. Those on the field or with a bat in their hand, they have a chance. They can do something. Chuck Heller choking the bat, waiting. Here's the pitch. In the dirt. Nice pickup by Howard. That was a big play. Giants would like to move a loo down to second base. It's a ball one, strike two count to Chuck Heller. Matty Alou opened this inning with a bunt single down the first baseline. Matty was batting for Billy O'Dell. Philippe Alou, after bunting and missing a pitch, swung at the next two and struck out. Now Chuck Keller, the batter, one ball, two strikes. Terry delivers. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Keller goes down swinging on a low curveball. So there's two down, and it's all up to Willie Mays. And I would imagine if the Giant fans had their way in the ball club, this is the man they'd want it to play. A runner at first base, two outs, and Willie Mays, the batter. He has been the big man for this ball club, not only this year, but for 12 long years. So it'll be Terry against Mays, and that is matching strength against strength here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Willie has flied to left, flied to center, and lined deep to left. Trash made a great play on him in the seventh inning to rob him of an extra base hit. Willie right down on the end of the bat. The pitch. Ball. It's inside. Fastball. 1-0 to Willie May. Matty Alou at first base with two outs. Boy, everybody has moved forward on the edge of their seats. Here's the pitch. Fastball in tight. Almost hit him with this one. A ball two and a no strike count. Terry coming in with two good fastballs trying to hit Willie on the fist. Got him in a little bit too close. The Yankees deep around to the left and very deep in the outfield. Boyer deep and near the line at third base. The pitch to Willie Mays. He swings and lines it down the right field line. This one is in there. Willie is on his way to second. The runner's going to be held at third base. Willie Mays lined one into the corner in right field. Matty Alou was held up at the last moment. It looked like he was going to make a try for it. Bobby Richardson took the relay from Roger Maris and rifled a throw into Elston Howard. One hop, he would have had him at the plate. And Whitey Lockman very wisely held him up. So the Giants have runners at second and third with two outs. Willie McCovey, the batter, and here's Ralph Houck coming out to the mound. George Cal and Joe Gargiola at Candlestick Park in San Francisco. And this place is a madhouse right now. The Yankees lead one to nothing, the bottom of the ninth. The Giants have runners at second and third with two outs, and Willie McCovey is the batter. Willie's had one hit. That was a long triple. Here's the pitch. He swings and sends a long belt to the right field. Maris is chasing it. It is curving foul. It's going in the seats. Willie McCovey making a bid, slammed one deep into right. The ball did not have the distance to get out of the ballpark. Maris going over near the line, but it curved back into the crowd. 
Oh, it's one strike to Willie. And boy, everything is riding on every pitch here in the bottom of the ninth. McCovey fouled to the catcher, flied to left, and tripled into deep center field. Big, tall, left-handed batter right down on the end of the bat. Ralph Terry gets set. Here's the pitch to Willie. Here's a liner straight to Richardson. The ball game is over and the World Series is over. Willie McCovey hit it like a bullet. A line drive right straight to Bobby Richardson at second base. Had that ball got out of his reach, the Giants would have been the winner. Now it's the Yankees who have mobbed Ralph Terry in the center of the diamond, and well, they should. What a pitcher Ralph Terry was here today. He pitched a four-hit shutout going right down to the bottom of the ninth. A line drive off the bat of Willie McCovey going straight into the glove of Bobby Richardson at second base. So in the bottom of the ninth, it's no runs on two hits for the Giants. There were no arrows, two men left. The final score of the ballgame, the Yankees win it one to nothing. A lot to break down after that sequence. First, Roger Maris may have saved the game by cutting off Willie May's double before it reached the wall. The wet outfield probably helped him out a little bit, too. Then how about Ralph Terry? Two years after giving up a walk-off homer to Bill Mazeroski in Game 7, he pitches the game of his life in another World Series Game 7. After May's double, manager Ralph Houck came out and asked Terry what he wanted to do with first base open and the left-handed Willie McCovey do up. Remember, McCovey had hit a long triple earlier in the game and also homered off Terry back in Game 2. Of course, future Hall of Famer Orlando Cepeda was on deck, but Houck stuck with Terry. Terry wanted McCovey, and he got his out. Of course, it wasn't an easy out. McCovey later said it was the hardest ball he ever hit, but it was right at Bobby Richardson, and the Yanks were world champs for the 20th time. They'd have to wait 15 years for number 21. Meanwhile, the Giants waited until 2010 to win their first title in San Francisco. Thanks for joining me on The Vault. If you have any requests that you'd like to hear, you can email me, pete.mccarthy at mlb.com. The Vault is shut. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.